Hello, you're listening to Cellcast. We don't know what we're doing. We're just talking about films. Uh, my name's Lawrence. And I'm Sam. So, this week we are reviewing Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. And Sam is going to try and tell you the plot in 15 seconds. Uh, starting from now. Harley Quinn splits off from Joker, meaning that she's got no protection in Gotham. All the more bosses in Gotham come after her, including Roman Sionis, played by Ewan McGregor. She, to stop her getting herself killed by Sionis, she says that she'll steal a diamond encrusted with bank details from a former mob That's boss. it. <laughs> that, it just about got it. I just think. about it, yeah. Um, I think that's all you need to know. <laughs> that kind of sets up um, most of the plot, really. Yeah. And I have summarised the plot in a haiku. Super villainess. Break up. Now you're the target. Kill it with my girls. <laughs> and we're going to listen to a clip. But it turns out... I wasn't the only dame in Gotham looking for emancipation. You fall in love. He's after all of us. The kid just robbed him. You betrayed him. You killed his BFF. What? You are so cool. Yeah, so I guess this film sort of follows on from Suicide Squad in a way. Um, well, it definitely follows on from Suicide Squad because it's the same character mm-hmm. and that was quite famously abysmal. Yeah. And he's like one of the worst superhero films ever made. Uh, no, sorry, we, we said it wrong. Similarly to Birds of Prey. We tried to say the title a few different times and couldn't get it right because it's not Suicide Squad, it's the Oscar-winning Suicide Squad, because it did technically win an Oscar. Yeah, I mean, so Harley Quinn's like the only character to come from that. I think there was plans to make, obviously, a film with Jared Leto's Joker, which never really happened. Um, yeah, obviously, um, Will Smith's character in it. Um, yeah, Deadshot. Deadshot, that's it. Um, yeah, nothing came of that either. So, um, yeah, Harley Quinn's the only only character to have a standalone film. Going into this, I had very low expectations, partly because of Suicide Squad, and also I don't really like the character of Harley Quinn in general. I'm a fan of the comic books, but I don't really like her because I feel that so many people kind of miss the point of her. There's something quite quite dark and quite bleak about her, but all anyone can focus on is this kind of... her kind of quirkiness and her kookiness and this, like... It, it's also like a kind of weird, like, the, the, her, like, inventor described her as, like, this kind of weird fantasy that people have of, like, the cheerleader who's dating a bad guy, but you always kind of think that she's, like, better than him if she could... Like, it, it's a weird... I, I really don't like the, the idea of her. She's actually a bit vacuous. So... In a way, it's good that she's been fleshed out a little bit. Well, it is. Like, actually, I, I kind of came out of it, and it was... I mean, the the, the headline is really... It's, it's quite entertaining, and it's like a... It, and I think there are certain people who are going to really, really gel with it. And even, I'm not the target market, but I still had kind of a good time watching it. So it's successful if maybe, like, pretty style over substance... But I, I think it does a good job at actually separating Harley Quinn away from some of those negative aspects that I feel she had from the character and actually has a film about her trying to find her own identity. Mm. Even though I just, in general, I think I find... I, find, I do find like elements of the character 
and the sense of humour quite irritating because it is just like something that actually feels quite old hat now where they're just irreverent and like crazy and unpredictable and like self-aware but in a way that that kind of makes them invincible and you kind of just you, you build a film around just how brilliant this character is and how we're all supposed to kind of kneel down and worship at how brilliant and iconic this character is and I just feel that that's not as fun as actually going in and you know finding something that you like about a comic book character and finding something that you find like engaging about a comic book character rather than just kind of building them up into the shrine of like they're just the most awesome of awesome that has ever awesomed all over the place I think we've called it like a standalone film but actually there are other sort of characters within that really i mean there's like huntress and black canary who sort of start to bleed into the story as it as it goes on yeah i mean i don't think all of them are as made of are made as good use of as they could have been Mm. like i think there's like huntress is quite underused but at the same time like by the end I felt like we, we we got something from all of them, all of the Birds of Prey, that was pretty solid and pretty interesting. At the very least, like, made them, they were, like, fun to watch. The other Bird of Prey being Rene Montoya, played by Rosie Perez. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Montoya's actually a character I really liked, I really like from the comics. They did a whole comic, like, based around the cops in Gotham, and she was, like, a central figure. And she was really good and, and quite an interesting character. She's interesting within the context of the police anyway, so I'm not sure she's... Again, she's not maybe made the best use of here, but she's good. I mean, I think it works. What she is works, so that's something. The reason I came out of it and found it entertaining is I think it's just got an energy about it. It's just got an energy and a pace to it that works like it's it's kind of full of beans like it it jumps from even though it kind of jumps around the narrative a lot that feels quite fitting because kind of harley's sense of direction is quite scatterbrained anyway so that kind of works they use like lots and lots of tech like lots of different techniques whether you know they'll they'll kind of drop out the narrative at some point or they'll do a little bit of animation or they'll draw stuff all over the screen they'll have a kind of like hyper realness in the middle of it like it's 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 something that's pretty familiar to us now, but I think it works within this. I think it's a good way to start it. I mean, so the backstory is explained via animation, so it talks about how and why um, Harley Quinn split up from the Joker. And actually, I think there is a lot of like voiceover in this, which is actually probably my biggest complaint about the film. Lots of unnecessary, like basically Harley Quinn like breaking the fourth wall, looking into the cameras, talking to the audience, and then constant narration telling us about what's happening in other parts of Gotham at the same time and I just found that really tiresome but yeah initially it sort of starts off with this fairly like unique and um an interesting animation and I'm not quite sure I've seen that in a in a superhero film before and I think it built to quite a nice like a really good finale I think it had some good ideas not not the action sequences aren't top of the line but I think they're they're fun for that. The, the, the stylized ultra violence, like it's still very violent, but within a very cartoony way. Mm. It's pretty Looney Tunes. That's that's the energy that it's thing, and that's appropriate. I think that for for what they're trying to do, I think it channels the sense of fun, but also perhaps the struggle for identity that teenagers kind of go through, 
And I think it's kind of channeling that energy and it kind of works. And I honestly, most of the time, it would just be really irritating. But somehow, like, it does manage to pull it off. And mostly, I think that's because Margot Robbie is just undeniably charismatic as Harley Quinn. Like, you can see the, the film is a testament to why Harley does have a massive fan base around the world, even though I slightly have found that difficult at certain points. You can see with the film why people are drawn to her. And Margot Robbie does throw herself into it. Like, she's funny, and she's but she's also kind of cool and sexy. Like, it's... it's and in control as well, actually. Because I think the way... So she's basically the storyteller. It's not as if we're watching events happening to her. It feels like she, they're contr- she's controlling the event. She's telling you the story, and then it's sort of told in this, like, non-linear fashion, and... There's the idea of her, of her not being a very good storyteller because she keeps forgetting outfits and we keep like returning to events that have already happened. I think from that you can tell that obviously Robbie's had like a real... She's had like a lot of creative input in it. And so she really believes in this character and I think puts her all into it. And I think it's a really good judgment. Because mm. I think that someone, could, someone who didn't really care about playing Harley Quinn could have just constructed a story that was just basically an adventure for Harley rather than making it also a movie that was about her trying to make her own way in the world. And actually, you end up touching on a lot of... I think you end up touching on something that does feel a lot more female. Like a female sense of, like, being trapped by men in a variety of ways, being reduced to, like, an object, being much more than that, and how that, that, like, treatment's unfair. Often getting the credit they... Like often not getting the credit they deserve. Yeah, not getting the credit they deserve. With uh, Montoya's uh, police character, and then also I think at the beginning of the film within the animation, there's this idea that uh, Harley Quinn was like the the brains behind the operation of a lot of um, the Joker's you know missions. Yeah, and, that's and right. Thefts. The the Joker's noticeably absent from this. Um, I I thought like I did notice like Jared Leto's just not in this at all essentially i think you see the back of his head at one point but the and i i I don't know there's 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 part of me that feels like well that's proper because this is about harley and i think if the joker was in it at all then it would kind of maybe ruin the point of what i think uh a lot of the creative team including margot robbie probably wanted to do with this but then there's also just part of me the slightly cynical side that's like oh yeah he didn't want to come back and do this character again and I'm not sure how many people really wanted him to come back and do this character again, either. Yeah, well, I think, you know, there was very little demand after Suicide Squad. But, yeah, I think even if Suicide Squad had been brilliant and a wild success and they'd want to go into a new direction with um, Jared Letter's Joker, I don't think that would have... I think that, would, again, would have been unfair on the character of, of Harley Quinn. The inclusion of that character, I don't think, would have added anything to the film, if not just, like, a bit of, you know, something for the fanboys to get excited about. yeah. In, in trying to work out how to judge this film is is quite difficult because on the one hand, I think it's done something I really don't... I do have my problems with the character in general and find and found the idea of this irritating. Actually, I was entertained. That might be its biggest success in that actually maybe it's kind of made me rethink my attitudes towards Harley and think, oh, actually, there is a way that I can kind of like this character. But I don't think Personally, this is the film that makes me go, DC are going to make some really good films in the future. Even though I was very entertained by it and by a character that I have 
I, I don't really like. I still don't think it's, you know, unique enough, different enough or dynamic enough to, to really make me think that DC have got some really gold standard films coming out in the next mm. few years. Yeah. Um, I mean, they like, as it's sort of been noted within the industry, they lack the organisation and almost like the like autocracy of like Marvel Studios in that they know exactly what each film is going to produce and get, and this is why they be able to like release quite a consistent product. Um, for, you know, for you know the best part of like fifteen years, really. Um, emphasis on the word product because I think. That's what Marvel aims to do, really. But, um, <laughs> we could do a whole podcast yeah. on that. But I think, like, what you say about it being solo for some, I remember there's, um, I think it's roughly as we're getting to like the finale of the film, um, and it's that the plot has moved at such a frenzied pace all the way through, and then there's this a, a, a scene where it all slows down, and there's like a little bit of sort of um, two characters engaging, and that's when to me it felt really weak it kind of felt actually like the film works better, even though it's sort of all over the place and chaotic and nothing really makes a lot of sense. It's better moving at that pace than it is when it all stops. Because actually, when when it stops and there's like a little bit of, yeah, a little bit of like pathos really, it's like, well, no, actually, there's not really, there's not really enough of these characters to get to be properly engaged by. You'd rather they just put the foot on the gas, just yeah. keep it going with all exactly. the, br- the bright colours and everything, just yeah. moving forward for yeah. it. I mean, you yeah. mentioned the bright colours, actually. I mean, I think this is a side of Gotham I haven't really seen in a film before. I mean, I don't want to... I know, like, sort of... Um, there was, like, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Which <laughs> sort of very, like, neon-inspired. But actually, I think the this... Yeah, this side of Gotham's sort of quite colourful and vibrant. Well, it's Gotham through the eyes of a immature, impulsive sociopath. In terms of, like, the set design... I think they have tried to produce their own sort of unique, like, Gotham in a way. Yeah. I think Robbie is really charismatic. I think a lot of the stuff that it channels is worthwhile and a lot of fun. And it's got, like, a a great bunch of people kind of filling out the roles. And I think it moves at, like, such a pace and with such an energy that even though on paper I should be irritated by it, I was just really entertained. It's kind of one of these things where I feel like if you find yourself in a cinema watching Birds of Prey, I don't think it's going to be a bad thing. But it's not something that I'm going to think back to as a memorable like experience. And I think that there's a lot more that post-endgame, I think that this is a real opportunity for superhero films to, to go in different directions. And I'm not sure this, this really does. Yeah, for me, um, I think it's fundamentally entertaining, which is good. It's not like other DC uh, films or even some Marvel films, which have been like complete, you know, have been even difficult to sit there and get through. Um, I do think it's sort of largely forgettable, really. I think that actually there have been other films which have dealt with female characters within the like the superhero genre, a bit like Captain Marvel. I think I felt there was perhaps better feminist rhetoric coming out of that than there was the idea. I think the central concept of like women being told to harness their emotions, while actually that can be a superpower within themselves. I think was you know slightly light, but I think slightly a bit more interesting than some of the ideas that were coming out of um, Birds of Prey. 
Um, but actually, I think there were points where it was quite subversive in terms of a hip- superhero genre, and I definitely like, appreciated those. Well I, well, I think it did it more than than so many of the like superhero films we get these days. But yeah, largely forgettable, and um, I don't think I'll be watching it again. I'm the one they should be scared of. Something I like to do at the end at the end of a review is if you liked the film that we just talked about, go and watch this. And if you didn't, go and watch this. I think if I had a longer time, I would talk about the way that our tastes in movies are a massive web, and it's all a beautiful kind of cornucopia. And but you don't want to listen to that. So like. So I'll just recommend you the films. I I want to recommend things with a feminine angle. So there's part of me that says, if you like this, you could go and watch Tank Girl. But Tank Girl is terrible. But so actually, to be honest, I think if you like this, really, the only place that you should go is Deadpool. Wait! You may be wondering why the red suit. Well, that's so bad guys can't see me bleed. This guy's got the right idea. He wore the brown pants. Daddy needs to express some rage. Deadpool has that same kind of like irreverent, silly, self-knowing, occasionally crude sense of humour. Well, in Deadpool, it's often like a lot more crude. And I think if you watched Birds of Prey and you really, really vibed off of that, you're just going to love dipping back into the world of Wade Wilson and dip into his like teenage boys, like sense of humour with everything and the way that he regards the superhero world with his very creatively sweary in a monologue. I don't really, I think the movie's a bit overrated, but I think for, for what it is and that, that sense of humour, it's, it's a lot of fun. If you didn't like Birds of Prey, I'd say go and watch Atomic Blonde, which is a movie with Charlie's Theron where she plays a British Secret Service agent in the 1980s who has to go to Berlin on a mission to basically find a mole and she fights her way through most of the KGB. Lorraine Broughton, an expert in escape and evasion. Provisioned in intelligence collection. Let's have the crap, shall we? And hand-to-hand combat. It's an impressive set of skills. Talents can be overrated. The reason I'd recommend this is that it's it, it's also an, an action film, definitely with a feminine angle, but it, it doesn't really have much of a sense of humour, but it, do, it does have uh, its own style, which is definitely channeling, like, the, the 1980s and a lot of, like, the pop music and the movies based around that. The movie's a bit of a mixed bag. It it does fall apart by the end in terms of the plot, and some of the stuff in between the action starts to feel a bit ropey. But some of the action sequences are absolutely phenomenal. And it's a movie that that has a woman in the lead role, but they're not afraid... (laughs) <laughs> for her to get really bloody and violent and is really violent and really impressive she manages to you know kill her way through most of the KGB mostly with her bare fists and 
various kind of implements hanging around East Berlin apartments in the 1980s. She gets what she wants, but rather than just kind of pratfalling and with a kind of ditzy, kind of silly sense of humour that Harley has, she, you know, just uses it through her very brilliant skill at killing lots of people. And if you're an action junkie, it's a really good watch. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on iTunes as Cellcast, soundcloud.com forward slash cell dash magazine, Facebook and Twitter as Cell Magazine, and for an archive of written stuff, go to cellmagazine.wordpress.com.